Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. We are very, very close to the coming of the Lord. When you look at the study of, they asked the Lord Jesus in Matthew 24, they said, when is the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus first says, and he said, many will be deceived in that hour. You have to understand that the atmosphere of the end time will be deception. So much so that it says that even the very elect will be deceived. They will because they receive not a love of the truth, a love of the word of God. It's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing to love it. Man, he said there are going to be rumors of wars. There are going to be pestilences. And I do believe this COVID-19 virus is real. So much controversy about it. Back and forth just depends on which day and who you're listening to and maybe form the opinion. But, you know, I did have someone that I knew. Their mother died two nights ago in West Virginia from COVID-19. And uh, it is real. So we've tried to safeguard. We have a seniors section. We have a seniors entrance, a seniors restroom of those with high-risk health because we want to be safe and protect Amen. These amazing people that call this place home. I will say, uh, you know, you watch the phase one video and all that. Just be careful. We're, we're, but I'm going to tell you, I'm so glad to be back in the house of God. So glad to be back in the house of God. And uh, it's just been amazing to watch the body of Christ. And I give honor to all of you and those that watch online and your comments and your prayer. And even last Sunday, there were people repenting in their car in the parking lot. We try to be safe, and I feel like we have been. And um, I feel like, though, that it's time to be in the house of God. I will praise Him in the sanctuary. I will praise Him. It appears that, let me ramble just for a moment here, but I'm going to preach to you. I feel like God's giving me a word. It appears that only twice we can find the Lord Jesus getting angry, and both times were about what they did with the house of God. We're in the house of God. The house of God matters to Jesus. What we do here matters. So it's okay to clap your hands. It's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to worship him because this is a house of prayer. It's a house of worship. We want to give God honor. He's worthy of all the praise and the glory and the honor. Amen. Amen. So don't, don't mock me when I get a little bit happy and I jump up and down and I say, Woo! Because I shouldn't be able to dance. I shouldn't be able to worship. My wife shouldn't be able to spin in circles. They should have amputated her leg but prayer was made told her she would never use that leg again she'd drag it for the rest of her life do that car wreck she was in but do you know there's this two word phrase in scripture that's very powerful but God but God something happens when God starts moving somebody shout but God the old soul says I know the Lord will make a way He's going to make a way for you. Somebody shout, I know the Lord. He'll make a way for me and you. I don't have time to sing. It just feels good to sing. Amen. He's been good to me. Would you lift your hands and praise him? <laughs> oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you take the wrong and make it right. Amen, amen, amen. First Kings, if you would turn to First Kings with me, 
Praise the name of the Lord. First Kings chapter two, reading with verse 12. We're not gonna have casual church, we're just gonna have church today. Is there an amen corner in the back? Praise the Lord. Good to see all my friends, all of our guests. We welcome all of you here today. Amen. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. You see that? Are you there? Solomon was king. Kingdom was established greatly. Verse 13, and Adonijah. Look at your neighbor and say, you better be careful dealing with Adonijah the son of Hagath, Hagith, came to Bathsheba, watch, remember last week's message, the mother of Solomon. And she said, comest thou peaceably? And he said, peaceably. If you look one down, you'll find that, that he talks with Bathsheba and he asked her for the hand, verse 17, and he said, speak, I pray thee, unto Solomon the king for he will not say thee nay or he will not say no to you sounds like somebody that respects their mom all you kids listening don't say no to your mom I don't know about you all my first my kids one of their first words was no I think that followed the word mine can I get a witness from somebody in the building he said that he give me Abishag the Shudamite to wife why did he say that? Look how he prefaces his conversation with Bathsheba in verse 15. And he said, Thou knowest that the kingdom was what? Mine. Dangerous. And that all Israel set their faces on me. That I should reign. How about how be it the kingdom is turned about and has become my brother's for it was his from the Lord. It was mine. Their faces were on me and I. It's a dangerous thing when the only thing we can think about is mine, me, and I. But that declares the nature and the spirit of Adonijah. And I'd like to preach for the next few moments on dethroning Adonijah. Everybody say dethroning Adonijah. Would you lift your hands and lift your heart? Ask God to speak to you today. Lord, we seek clarity. We are seeking direction. We want to gain from your word what should be done in our life. We only have one life to live. We want to make sure we make good counsel and good wisdom. Lord, I pray today that you bless this congregation in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What a great, great turnout today and certainly our social distancing. And We're so glad that you're here. I preached last week something I have never, never, I, I, I've never seen it in scripture. And it was the Proverbs 31, who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a virtuous woman? When you begin to study that, you'll find that who was the author of Proverbs? Anyone know? None of you know? you know? It's amazing when you first sit down after the preacher reads the text. Nobody listens for a minute and a half to three minutes. You know that? They're scooting in, getting comfortable, putting their, ladies are getting their purse moved. and 
you probably sitting in a sofa, nobody else sitting next to you, you know, pushing away over here. And are y'all with me today? Who wrote Proverbs? Solomon. Solomon in Proverbs 31, the story of the virtuous woman, Lemuel, sort of pronounced like Samuel, but Lemuel. He said the king Lemuel told and taught what his mother taught him. And I preached last week that Lemuel was Solomon. It was another name for him of God. Solomon means, means or Jedidiah, his other name meant of God. And he begins to tell the story of his mother who was known for what? Anybody know what? When you think of Bathsheba, it's not just Solomon's mother. It's the lady that David committed adultery with and they had a baby and it died and then Solomon was born later. It was almost her name has been scarred because of her sin. There's not much that, really, you didn't think there's much that talks about Bathsheba until you begin to understand that Solomon begins to tell the story of his mother. He said things like, she would arise before daybreak and prepare food for not only her household, but even the, the, the people that served with her. And, and she would spin on the wheel and make garments for all of us to wear. She was classy and she wore, she wore silk and she wore purple. And, and when she would make clothes, the merchants wanted to buy of hers. It's almost like Princess Diana and people loved the way she, she would appear. It was, it, was, it was the same type of setting as that when she would make garments, she was trendy. People wanted to look like her. And Solomon begins to tell, Lemuel begins to tell this story about this lady that she would stay up late in the night and she wasn't fearful of the snow because her children were clothed well with garments and blankets and, and she was a hard worker and people would talk about her husband in the gate and it wasn't just David's wife, now it's talking about her husband and she was this, she was this amazing person. It, it, it's sort of like the guy that uh, pulled into the gas station and a, and a gas attendant came in and he's putting gas in the car and he leans in and he sees the lady there and the purple person pumping gas and she says, oh, the man that's driving the car, his wife sees the guy and, well, how are you? It's been a long time since I've seen you. And, and uh, he happened, the guy in the car, driving the car, happened to be the mayor of the town and, and uh, his wife was talking to the gas attendant and when they pull out, he and his arrogance, he said, he said, think, if you had married him, because this was her ex-boyfriend, she said, if you had married him, you'd have been the wife of a gas attendant. And she said, no, if I'd have married him, he'd have been the mayor. You almost see Solomon writing from this context of my mother was amazing. They talked of her husband in the gate. People wanted to dress her. They wanted to buy her outfits. This and, and he made this statement. He said, there's a lot of virtuous women in the world, but you excelleth them all. Who was it? I believe it's Bathsheba. He is declaring this hard worker, this lady that had an adulterous past, had, a, had mess ups in her past, but now she's this amazing person. Can I declare to you, this represents the church of Jesus Christ. All of us were dirty. All of us were sinners. We all made a mistake, but he redeemed us and made us virtuous and powerful with a great future. Come on, not only a great future, but influence and dignity and, and success and prosperity. It really doesn't matter where you come from because we've all come from somewhere it matters where you're going come on God's raised you up out of a drunken stupor he's raised you up out of a marred past to give you a bright clean destiny can you say amen hallelujah he made a way 
you could stand here today and be faithful. You could be here and be righteous. You could be here and be pure. I'm going to tell you how. Because you put off the old man. And Paul said you put on a new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You might have been a thief. You might have been a drunkard. Come on, you might have been a liar and a cheater. But he made a way. He redeemed you from your sinful nature. It's amazing because their first baby dies and when you begin to study that David and Bathsheba, the baby born out of the adulterous affair, it dies. And uh, later, you, you know that Nathan the prophet, Nathan the prophet, uh, my, 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 can I preach a little while? I wish I could, I, I, there's so much in this story, I wish I could preach my own revival so I could cover it all. <laughs> there's so much in this story. Let me just take my time here for a little bit. But when you, when you begin to look at what happens is, is David and Bathsheba have a child out of the adulterous relationship and, and the baby dies. Nathan declares judgment over David, but he repents. And, and David says, and the, Nathan the prophet, and you have to remember when Nathan the prophet, when David tried to cover it up, Nathan the prophet showed him and said, thou art the man. Man, we need those moments in church. We, we need our, we need caught on the carpet every now and then. You can't hide sin, how many know that? God knows where you're at. God knows what you're doing in secret. And you begin to see that. And, and Nathan, Nathan declares David, judgment on David, and he falls and he writes Psalms 51. It's a beautiful story. Oh, God. You, you see him on his knees. I acknowledge my sin. Lord, I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Oh, God. He said, he said, cast me not away from your presence. Oh, Lord, create me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. It's a beautiful prayer. Nathan responds to David. He said, you're forgiven. God says he's removing the judgment from your life. You, you are forgiven. And, and David goes and after the prayer and hears the prophet say that he's been forgiven, he goes and comforts Bathsheba, his wife now. And, you know, her husband had been killed and, and he marries Bathsheba and they have another child and he's born and they name him Solomon. The prophet walks in and knocks on the door. You know, you, there's just sometimes you don't want to see the prophet. You know... When you've done wrong, you, when you've done wrong, you just don't want to see the preacher, you know. He represents the righteousness of God, and oh God, is he going to judge me, you know. And, uh, and Nathan the prophet, see, see, in every powerful ministry, there is the wrath of God and also the mercy of God. In that great book, there's the wrath of God and the mercy of God. You can't just have a ministry on wrath and you can't, just can't have a ministry on mercy. You, you, you've got to have truth and mercy have met together. How many know what I'm talking about? Truth to judgment, mercy to forgiveness. And I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, mercy always walks in before truth does. Before judgment can ever come, mercy, mercy is truth's escort. Mercy always opens the door for truth. Because for, before judgment can ever come, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, before the Lord can ever come, mercy walks in your world and says there's a chance to change. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to be lost. You don't have to die a sinner. You can be forgiven. It doesn't matter where you come from. There's a future for you. Mercy speaks. Somebody shout, let mercy speak. And it's so powerful because, Brother Nehemiah, what you find in the scripture is that, that Nathan shows up in her life and knocks on the door and Nathan, uh, uh, um, come on in. Uh, uh, what brings you this time? Oh, you know, I, I just heard they had a baby. Oh, what did you name the baby? It, oh, his name is Solomon. I got to move on. Or I'm not going to get to Adonijah. But uh, um, his name is Solomon. 
Well, the Lord sent me to tell you, said that you named him Solomon, but he named him Jedediah, which means beloved of the Lord or the babies of God. This is not just another baby. This is redemption. There's a future. Matter of fact, he's going to build the temple that you said you were going to. Everything that you, you messed up in your mistake that, that you wanted to fulfill that you thought wasn't going to be fulfilled, Solomon's going to fulfill every dream. The future is going to, is going to be secure. You've been forgiven. Your purpose will be fulfilled no matter what your past said. It's Jedediah. <laughs> and, so, and so this little boy grows up in this house with Bathsheba, his mother, and he writes, I'm gonna tell you, it's so interesting. Go home and read Proverbs 31 after this message and watch what happens. He said, I was, let me just tell you about this lady that's my mother and what I learned from her. And he says things like this, stay away from women that destroy kings. That's how it writes, that's how it writes. Then he says, oh, this lady, she, my mother, she would get up before David. She, I already said other stuff. And there's never been a more virtuous woman. She excelleth them all. And in this story of Bathsheba, later in life, Solomon grows up. He, he's, he is not the eldest child. He is, he's not supposed to be the king due to it. The, the, the line of heir. How I many know the oldest son is the one that is to be the next king? So years later, David is now old. He's old. He, he can't lead the people, and so they need an heir. And, and uh, guess who makes himself king? The eldest living son. David's oldest son was Absalom, but, or was Abner, but Abner is dead. Next one was Daniel, Abigail's boy, but he disappears from Scripture. We really don't know what happened to him, but it's assumed that he died early. You've got uh, Absalom. Absalom, how many know in his rebellion, he got hung from his hair from the tree and Joab killed him. And then you've got the fourth son, which is Adonijah, and Solomon's on down on the list. And, and Adonijah gets with his, his, his peeps, his peers, his friends, and, and you know, dad's old and you're the, you're the next king. And he, he gets these two people in his life. One's named Joab and the other one is named Abiathar. Joab is the former captain of Israel and Abiathar is the former priest. And he, the Bible says that, let me, let, me, let, me, let me just read. It says, let me get the right word. He conferred with Joab uh, and with Abiathar. He conferred with them. He got counsel from them. Let me just stop here. You better be real careful who you get counsel from. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. When you begin to study it, you'll find that Adonijah, he got counsel from Joab, who's wicked. Abiathar, who's, who is carnal. He's, he's not loyal. He, he ran with Absalom when he tried to dethrone King David. And, and you, you got this guy that has one guy's vindictive. He's got vengeance in his heart. And the other guy's supposed to be spiritual, but he's carnal. Let me just go ahead and say what Abiathar represents. Spiritual bent to the desires of the flesh. I'm convinced you find verses that prove me wrong, I'll, I'll apologize. But I do not believe that the world can be carnal. I believe only saints can be carnal because they're spiritual, but they start bending spiritual things to their own desires. And Abiathar represents carnality. And I'm gonna tell you what I'm saying. As Abiathar, the Bible talks about carnality is enmity with God, it's the enemy of God. It's when you start taking spiritual things and bending them to your flesh, it will lead you away from God every time. 
Paul said, I write you even weeping that those that were once with us are now the enemies of the cross. What am I saying here today? It be very careful. Adonijah, who you let speak in your life. So Adonijah makes himself king. Adonijah does. He's the eldest son. I'm the king. He, he, he invites to his, his, his crowning party, his, his made king party, if you will. He invites his brothers except Solomon. Are y'all with me here today? He invites all of his brothers except for Solomon. He does not invite Nathan the prophet. He does not invite Zadok the priest. He does not invite Beniah, who is the chief bodyguard, the chief captain of the king. He invites only those that will approve of his decision. Be careful to surround yourself with people that just want your goodwill. That just want you to do what you want to do. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to preach to you. Adonijah, he does not invite the prophet and he does not invite the priest. Who does he invite? He invites people that hate David. He invites people that are not loyal to the king and he invites people and he knows it that do not want the will of God. They just want the will of Adonijah. Be careful that everybody in your circle is for you. There's gotta be somebody in your life, don't misunderstand me, that says no when no is inconvenient. It's not right. You don't need that in your life. That is not the will of God. Oh, let me preach to you. You've gotta have a pastor in your life. You've gotta have a prophet in your life. I would have made some horrendous decisions, but I had a prophet that said I had a dream last night, and if you make this decision, it's gonna ruin your, I'm preaching to you right now. Adonijah wants to sit on the throne of your heart and tell you everything that you're gonna do, but he will ruin your future. Watch what happens. Adonijah is a self-proclaimed king. He, he's, he is, he's there, they're partying, there's a big feast, and, and, and what happens is the prophet, everybody shout Nathan. Nathan the prophet hears of this event. Adonijah is now, I mean, it's a big deal. It's not just, you know, it's not just somebody that got on the cabinet. He, he's declared himself as king. Rightfully so, it appears, because of who he is and, and his age. He's the oldest brother. He, he deserves it. It was supposed to be his. But watch what happens is Nathan hears of it, and Nathan goes to who? He goes to Bathsheba. If she was so vile and terrible as we've heard all of our life, then why did he go to her? He went to her because she was respected. Did she have a past? Like us all. She was respected. He goes to Bathsheba and says, Bathsheba, have you heard? Adonijah's made himself the king. And you need to go to your husband David and tell him, David, you swore by the name of the Lord that Solomon was the king of Israel. Bathsheba, you need to go and I'm gonna back you up. I'm coming behind you and, and I'm gonna confirm what you're saying. Bathsheba goes in and bows, bows before David and says, David, do you remember when you swore to me in the name of the Lord that Solomon will be king? She just said, well, Adonijah, listen, don't, don't miss this. Adonijah is now the king. He's declared king. Did you know about this? Because he's gonna kill me and he's gonna kill Solomon because we will be an offense to his throne. Adonijah's gonna kill destiny. Watch this. Adonijah is gonna kill redemption. Adonijah's gonna declare that you have no future. Adonijah is going to say, you were not forgiven. That's a past that needs to be removed. 
you don't have any. I'm going to tell you right now, you better be careful to listen to Joab because Joab is not forgiving. Joab wants to dethrone Solomon. He wants to dethrone David because Joab can't get over the fact that God forgave him and allowed him to still sit on the throne. I'm preaching to you right now. Be careful for the voices that seek vindictive things and vengeance instead of the mercy of God and grace and a second chance. You've got to have the right voice in your life. When everybody else is judging you, there's a God that says, I've got a place for you with me. Can I tell you, you don't need Abiathar that's carnal. You don't need Joab in your world that kills innocent people. David, David, let, let, let me not get ahead. David, Nathan comes in and says the same thing as Bathsheba. And he said, he said Nathan, go get, my, go get Bathsheba, bring her here. She had already left the room. Brought Bathsheba in and, and he says, he says to, to Bathsheba, he said, Bathsheba, I did, I did declare Solomon as king. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to... I want you to go get Solomon now. I did, I did say I would. Go get him now. He said, here's what I want. He said, I want you to get Solomon and I want you to put him on my mule. I want you to get Nathan and I want you to get Zadok the priest. Get, the, get Zadok who has the anointing oil. Because you can't be a king. You can't have purpose without anointing. You can't fulfill the purpose of your life without the hand of God resting upon you. You will spin wheels into failure and disappointment. But David understood if you're going to have authority, if you're going to be in God's kingdom, you've got to have the blessing of God's hand upon your life. You've got to have the anointing upon your life. Come on, I'm not preaching out of intelligence right now. I'm preaching from a thus saith the Lord. I'm preaching from his word. Somebody shout amen. He said, get Nathan, get Zadok the priest, get Benaiah, who is the, the captain of the army. He said, get him. He said, set Solomon up on my own personal mule. He said, let him walk down the road. He said, take him to, the, to, the, to Gihon. He said, take him there. He said, and then after you anoint him, bring him to my throne and let him sit on my throne. Guess who's king now? The king has declared it. The priest has declared it. And the prophet has already known that this is what was supposed to come to pass. Man, I feel, I feel like I'm going I'm to speak to somebody, I believe, watching online right now, and some of you here. Remember this, prophecy never dies. It doesn't matter what Adonijah says. It doesn't matter what critics say. It doesn't matter how bad the past was. If you get back right with God, the prophecy will be fulfilled. The prophecy will come to pass. I want everybody to shout, prophecy never dies. Come on, on the count of three, I want you to shout, God's not done with me. One, two, three. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. Prophecy never dies. He's got a plan for your life. Somebody say amen. Oh, you may be seated. Now Solomon, the, the son of, a, of an, I can't even say it now. Well, Solomon's not the son of an adulterous woman. Solomon is the son of Bathsheba. That's a virtuous woman. He, he is, so he's now on the throne. And guess what? Adonijah hears a noise in the streets. Everybody shout, there's a party. You know, the most partying people in the community ought to be the church. People get saved and nobody knows about it. Bible says when the prodigal son came home, they threw a party. Kill a fatted calf. We ought to be the partyingest people there ever been. You know, I'm talking about clean partying. Right? 
You ought to be happy clapping your hands and blowing up the balloons and throwing a party. You know, Ananias was having a party, but Solomon's party was bigger than his party. <laughs> Amen. And watch what happens. Ananias said, what's going on? I, I hear trumpets. I hear music. I hear singing. I, I, I hear something going out in the streets. What's going on? Jonathan, the son of the priest, Abiathar, the wrong one, he runs in. He said, Adonijah, David has declared Solomon as king. Matter of fact, he's sitting on the throne now. When he does, every person in Adonijah's room celebrating him flees for their life. Talking about loyalty. Adonijah's always deceptive. Adonijah has the wrong people in his life. Adonijah is led by people that want to live their life through you vicariously. They want you to not be forgiving because they couldn't forgive. They, they want their children to do things they weren't allowed to do when they were in the church when they were a kid. Not because they want their kid to do it, but because they're living their life through their children because they weren't allowed to do it. Be careful to allow people to live their life through your life, ruining your life in the process. You better make sure before you make a decision that you've got Nathan in your world and you've got, you've got Zadok in your life. Let me, let me just tell you what I'm saying. What's the difference between a priest and a prophet? The priest is giving you the word. The prophet is giving you a rhema word. The prophet's confirming God's word in your life and saying, you have this. You've got to have a preacher preaching you the word, but you need a prophet as well that says there's destiny for you. There's something over you. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. You've got to have a prophet. Come on. Joab was replaced. It's amazing because David pulled Solomon in his house, Solomon through his throne. My, can I preach a little while? God have mercy, there's so much in this. David pulled Solomon, sit right there, Solomon. No, sit right here, that's gonna be the throne over there. Sit right here. David's all laid out, he's old. He's old and he's cold. And, and David brings Solomon before he put him on the throne, before he, he said, listen, I'm making you the king of Israel. You're going to be anointed. The prophet's going to be with you. He said this statement. He said, be a man. We don't need any sissy leaders. We don't need any somebody that can't stand up the culture, can't stand up the opposition. He said, be a man. He said, I'm going to tell you about a few people. He said, Shimei was bad to me when I was at a low point, and he cursed me when he should have been blessing me because I hadn't done anything wrong. He said, watch him. He said, Joab killed two innocent men, Joab. He killed Abner when he lured him out of the gate. Come on, be careful what show you watch. Just, just because they make a lot of money living in a nice house and everybody likes them doesn't mean they have good counsel. Well, you know, so-and-so, the movie started, you know, be careful. It's amazing because Joab had Abner. Joab wouldn't forgive Abner when he killed his brother accidentally. Accidentally. Uh, Abner was trying to get a guy that was trying to chase him. He was saying, leave me alone, leave me alone. And he's on his chair and this guy's chasing him. He said, leave me alone. And, and the guy, and he tried to just knock him down. And when Abner went to knock the guy down, who's trying to kill him? He didn't hit him with the sharp end of the spear, just the blunt end. But when he did, the thrust of the movement went through him and killed him. It was an accident. David forgave him. He went to the city of Hebron to be protected from Joab. Joab sneaks in and acts like he's forgiven. We don't need actors in the church. Acts like, acts like he's forgiven him. Oh, we'll just go and tell Abner to come out of the city. He, he's not allowed in the city because that's, that's a place of protection. See, it's amazing. When God forgives you, he protects you. 
Don't let, don't let vengeance people lure you out of your protection. Stay in the house. Don't let your past call you back out of the church. Come on, don't, don't let people come in and say, well, you just come out, you know, you know uh, my, 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 I feel like preaching here right now. And what happens is, Joab deceivably lures him out not a mile from the city of Hebron. He lures him just a matter of feet out of the doors of the entrance of the city of Hebron. When he does, and he comes up, man, I was getting ready, I was getting ready to put a, a dagger under your fifth rib, but we're social distancing, so I'll go to Cody because he's been around me all week. Come here. You gotta be Joab. Joab, Joab comes up. Oh, Abner, it's so good to see you. It's been a long time. I, I know you've been hiding out here, but I want you to know, I, 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 just, I just had to see you, you know, Things really are okay, and, and uh, man, is it okay? I, I just want to, just want to give you some love, give you a hug, and, and he reaches in and he says, just like that, dagger under his rib kills an innocent man, because Joab can't forgive. He does the same thing to Amasa. Amasa made a mistake, and Joab kills him. Matter of fact, David doesn't even mention about Absalom, but he told Joab, "Don't kill my boy." And when he found him hanging from a tree, instead of putting him in prison, he puts another dagger under his rib. And I'm going to tell you. <sighs> Adonijah will get on the throne because Joab is counseling him. Get on that throne because I don't want anything of David. I really don't want anything of, of forgiveness to be on there. You have to be very careful to let Joab speak into your spirit. It's amazing that he throws a party. Adonijah does. And he doesn't ask for Zadok and he doesn't ask for the priest. He doesn't for the prophet. Are y'all here when I'm preaching? Oh yeah, so everybody runs. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm passionate about this. I feel such grace and mercy in this room right now. I feel a divine revelation. There's Bathsheba's in this room that you're virtuous. You're going to do amazing things for God despite where you've been. The whole church as a whole, that's who we are. We've been forgiven. Everybody say, I've been forgiven. Your future, though, is on the throne. You've got one trying to destroy it. You've got another one that's going to fulfill the purpose of God. Solomon's on the throne. All of Adonijah's supporters have run. Adonijah runs to the altar knowing Solomon's been declared king. <laughs> Come on, you're Joab, you're Solomon, now you're Adonijah. Social dis distancing limitations makes you a man of all things here. He grabs all the horns of the altar knowing he's at the mercy of the king. And the beautiful thing about Solomon He's begging for his life. Solomon sent words. said, tell him if there's no wickedness found in him, he's okay. Tell him to go home. He says, he sends word to him. It's okay, Adonijah. You're forgiven for operating out of line and trying, even though you're going to try to kill me, but I forgave you. Go ahead and go home. And he goes home. Sometime later, watch, watch, listen. Adonijah goes to Bathsheba, and that was my text today. Adonijah goes to Bathsheba and says, you know, you know the, the, the kingdom was mine. Dangerous thing to think that the kingdom's yours. Uh, the people saw me as the king and I was on the throne. I was the person. You know, Bathsheba, I gave up a lot for him to be king. I've given up a lot. I had the favor of the people. I, the kingdom was mine. I had all these things. And, you know, I'm just asking you one thing. Everybody say one thing. Will, 
Would you ask your son Solomon? Because I know Solomon would never tell you no. He loves you. I think we've seen that from last week. Is that right? Would you go ask him if he'll give me Abishag, the Shunammite, for my, to be my wife, David's nurse, David's virgin concubine? Would you ask if he would just give me her to be my wife? She said, yes, I'll go talk to Solomon. Bathsheba shows up and sit over there now. Bathsheba shows up and, and Solomon, Solomon stands and honors her. Oh, mom, what are you doing here today? Sit, sit right here. Matter of fact, let's get a seat for you to be beside me in my throne. You talking about respect for a virtuous woman? He sets a seat at his right hand, which is the most important place that a seat can be set by the king. Mom, I'm telling you, Bathsheba was respected. She was loved. Nathan had seen it. Uh, certainly Solomon writes about it, but he says, Brother Cody, what can I do for you? She said, well, you know, you know, I feel bad. I'm, I'm gonna put this in my own words. You're not gonna read this. I sort of feel bad for your brother. He had a party and he was the king and I thought he was gonna be the king and we put you in and he doesn't have anything now. You know, he's, he's back to whatever he was. And, but, you know, you ever consider just giving him Abishag, the Shunammite, to be his wife? Something started in Solomon's toenails. Fury rises to him. He said, are you going to ask for the kingdom next? You're going to give the kingdom to Joab and Abiathar? Is that, what you, is, is that what's going to happen? What he was saying was, if you let Adonijah have a non-essential thing in the kingdom, he's coming after the whole kingdom. If, if you let him just have uh Somebody that's not even the wife. It, it, she would be considered non-essential. Isn't it amazing in the last two months we've heard about what's essential and what's non-essential? I realize in Ohio they declare churches as essential, but let me say in some states they declare churches as non-essential. And it bothers me that churches can be declared as non-essential when it's the only way people are going to get to heaven. It's the only door to eternity. How in the world can a church become non-essential? How do we get to that place to where church is just another gathering in the community? It's not the will of God for the church to become non-essential in our community. It ought to be the most central focus of everything is the church. Somebody say amen. And so for the next few moments, I'm gonna to preach to you on how to not allow the church to become non-essential. Brother Cody, when the saints start asking, when Bathsheba, the church starts asking the king, you know, is this a heaven or hell issue? Is this essential or not essential? I know you preach against it, but I know, I know you say it's in the book, but do you think I can still do it and make it in the rapture? Do you think I can still do it and not go to hell? Let me tell you something. That is the spirit of Adonijah that's trying to dethrone the church from its purpose. Don't you come to me and talk about non-essentials. If it's in the book, we need to keep it essential. We need to keep it a part of who we are and what we do. Oh, pastor, if I don't do this or if I do this, am I gonna go to hell? Let me tell you something. We've gotta have somewhere where we believe that worship is essential. Church attendance is essential. We ought to believe that the things that God asks of us, the Ten Commandments are essential. Come on, I'm preaching to anybody right now. If you let Abishag go, 
You're going to lose the kingdom. Solomon understood, be seated. He said, if I let her go, mom, he said, he's gonna have my throne. He's gonna kill you. He's gonna kill me. He's gonna take over the kingdom. You can't let Abishag go. As a matter of fact, I've seen the wickedness in him. Did he not declare the only way he would kill Adonijah? He said, if I find wickedness in you, he probably, I realize you're gonna go read and it's gonna say that Adonijah was a goodly person. What that means is he was good looking, read it. He was good in appearance. He appeared good. He's appealing to the eyes. He's appealing to the flesh, but he's not the will of God for the throne of Israel. Be careful to listen to the voice of Adonijah because Adonijah has a carnal priest and he's got a vindictive vengeance Joab that doesn't believe in forgiveness that's gonna speak to your life. He's in his ear. Adonijah has one purpose is to remove you from your purpose. And I come to preach to you, we've got to dethrone Adonijah in your life. Who's speaking to you? Who's counseling you? Who's directing? Who's telling you that? Well, I know it's in the Bible, but you know, I just don't really feel like God is gonna hold you up to that. You know, who's telling you that? That's not the will of God. When you stand before God, he's gonna open up that book. He's gonna judge every man according to that book. I say to you, you need to learn what's in that book. And that's why God gives you a priest to teach you the things of the word. Hey, there will not be one person that will be exempt from the judgment of God. Every single person in, etern- in this world and that has ever lived will stand at the throne of God for judgment. He will declare what they should have done according to what his word said they should have done. You do not want to stand before God guilty. You want to come to an altar of repentance and say, God, I need redeemed. I need saved. And I believe you can forgive me. Come on, do you believe God can forgive you? Jump to your feet and say amen. I do not want to stand before God guilty. Come to the music if you will. You've got to dethrone Adonijah from your life. He's spiritual to the flesh. You got to get rid of Joab. His influence at the throne. He always starts with what seems non-essential. Uh, yeah, I just really don't think that God, that's where it starts. I, I, just, I just don't think this, this little habit, you know, that I had that, you know, everybody else is and God's not gonna judge you according to everybody else. You know, we can all find somebody that lives worse than us and make us feel better about ourselves. Well, compared to the world, I'm doing pretty good. It's not how it works. The Bible says, let judgment begin at the house of God. Do you know that every church service we have is like judgment? You're coming comparing yourself to the word and God is speaking to his priest, comparing you. It, it, it's the pretest. It's the pop quiz for the big day. You thought, I wonder who told pastor I was doing that. Nobody except God. Not to bring judgment, but to bring mercy. You know, hell's going to be hot. Who's going to go there? It was never prepared for us. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But somehow, the devil influences people to influence people to pull them to hell with him. You don't have to go to hell. If you don't have your sins right with God, who those watching online, listen, you don't have your sins washed away, you haven't repented, you're going to be lost. But it wasn't made for you. It was made for the devil. But the devil's been in 
somebody's ear trying to get Adonijah to dethrone you from the destiny that God has for you. Solomon, your mama was forgiven and you're a product of redemption. There's a great purpose for you. But Adonijah keeps speaking, asking for little things. Just to, everybody say here a little and there a little. Solomon told Benaiah, his bodyguard, he said, go down and, he's on the altar, but go down and kill Adonijah because all he wants is to destroy me. That's what carnality is, what the world is. Why the Bible says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. What is it saying? Love not Adonijah. He will pick you to where there's nothing left. And inside of Solomon was imparted that which was in David. You know why David, David killed a lion and a bear over a lamb? Do you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because he knew the nature of the beast. He's not coming just for one lamb. He's coming for the whole flock. If you give him one, he's coming back. He's coming back. Had a fox the other day. Some of you know he's at the house, had a pet turkey. Look out, in the, look out in the pen and the turkey's dead. I knew the nature of the beast. He'll be back. So I set a trail camera up to see what killed my turkey. It was a fox. Because he's coming back for more. And I'm going to tell you in this end time, you listen to this preacher. The devil can come in and get your praise. He's coming for your worship. I'll take it a little bit further. If the devil can get your devotion, he's coming for your Bible reading. He's coming for your prayer time. He, 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 he's coming for your church attendance. He's coming for your praise. He's coming for your worship. He's coming for your convictions. He's coming for your doctrine until you're back to what you used to be before he ever saved you. No purpose, no destiny, no future. Adonijah is declaring him. He represents your firstborn fleshly nature. That's what he, he's the oldest. He, he was born before you were born again. He will ruin your life. And you'll wake up one day with years of regrets. But I come to tell you, you can keep Solomon on the throne of your heart. I'm going to tell this congregation, be careful to declare yourself king. And you know why you can't call the prophet and ask permission. You can't get a hold of the priest and say, do you think this is okay? Because you know already it's not okay. And Adonijah will dethrone Solomon and he will kill Bathsheba and the purpose of destiny. He will dethrone Solomon if you do not dethrone him. Who's in your life? If I could put it this way, don't listen to the devil and don't listen to your flesh. It'll lead you astray. If you're not fasting and praying, don't listen to yourself. It'll lead you astray. Somewhere you gotta get a hold of God and ask forgiveness for your sins. <laughs> Come on, all we like sheep have gone astray. Anybody ever been where I'm at? What I'm preaching. Come on, anybody here ever, ever been to where you're just going to do your own thing, live your own life? One of these days, the Lord's going to stand in judgment and say, you did this, but I had this for you, and this for you, and this for you. I'm going to tell you, Cindy, what got my attention when I woke up one day and I realized if I don't want, if I don't want it, God's going to give my purpose to somebody else. If I fight it long enough, He's going to strip me from what he had for me, hand it to somebody else, and I'll just go through life. I'm going to tell you, there's a destiny for everybody in this room, but he's waiting on you to let him be the king of your life. Come on, Adonijah knew it. He said, I know that it was my brother's. It was the will of the Lord for my brother to be king, but I can't stand the thought. So if you just give me Abishag, I'm going to tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not letting go of essentials in this church. Because one of these days we'll wake up and there will not be a church. 
close. I got friends of mine that started questioning little things from the scripture. Little, well, I just don't thank God and allow this and allow that. You know why? They're not even in church today. Preachers lost, lost everything. Churches failed, ministries gone. All because they listened to Adonijah who was listening to Joab and some carnal ministry. You look long enough, you're going to have preachers that's going to tickle your ears and make you feel real good about doing wrong. It's not my job to make you feel good when you're wrong. It's the will of God to say, Nathan, thou art the man, David, you need to repent. It's also the job of the preacher to come back and say, God's forgiven you, and it's amazing what's going to come out of your life. It's over. See, in this, in this sermon today, I just knocked out the influence of the voice that said you can't be forgiven. I just destroyed Joab and just a moment ago and I'm going to tell you, you have been forgiven. I'm telling you right now, you are forgiven. Embrace Solomon. Embrace the future. God's got a destiny. Come on, all over the building, begin to pray. I'm forgiven. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.